1: Fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a shot! it's
0: goal! By Freddie Stroud! Far post for Shira! Goal! McLaughlin has it. hard deflection! And the goal! Goes to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Pommel! Yes. No and no 2-0 I will win this league anyway. Rich He's hit it. It's has got Doyle strikes again. And a brilliant goal
1: from Harry McCurdy!
2: just when we thought we were out they pull us back in again. Welcome back to LS Pod this week. The Swindon Town universe has a lot of talking points ranging from Harry McCurdy's return to play against Hartlepool, Harry McCurdy's goals, Matthew Baudry aka Frenchy celebrating like Harry McCurdy and not forgetting Harry McCurdy's post match rallying cry to us fans. Here with me to discuss it all is Terry. Hello Terry. Afternoon Rich.
0: And you're not rich, so afternoon, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what
2: what a start? What a start to the fun? Oh, I mean, look, I think I think
0: we're we're allowed a free pass this week, surely? Like, I think I think we're both absolutely knackered after yesterday's um, adventures.
2: Yeah, I, I was thinking on the way back. We have had quite the April in terms of distance covered, like the three away games being Rochdale, Harrogate, and. Um, Hartlepool. i don't know why harlepool just ran a blank in my mind having been there yesterday but that's quite some distance in in one calendar month
0: yeah i sort of i forgot how far Hartlepool was to be honest I, I pulled point to <laughs> york station about 20 past nine yesterday morning um, and tried to get a pint and was politely informed by the by the the fellow who was who was Putting the pub furniture out, that it was only twenty past nine, and to come back at a reasonable hour, which I thought was um, <laughs> both fair and harsh, and I just—it's just so far away. It's just, it's, but but you know what? We had a, we had a five hundred town fans up there, and I know a few more in sort of hospitality and stuff like that. And we'll come on to talking about fans following Mister McCurdy's rallying cry, but um, our away sport yesterday. For a game that is absolutely miles away was was outstanding, and and, and yet again the players, the players return the favour, don't they? This this away forms just um just keeping us in with a with a very very, very very fine, slim chance of um of nicking seventh, which who knows?
2: Yeah, I think it's one of those ones where probably most people that were there had already bought their tickets weeks and weeks and weeks ago, organised their transport up there because it's a long way to do it on kind of a whim um so we probably were lucky that we did turn on the style and kind of bring ourselves back into the playoff discussion because I think that the mood on Monday and you can hear this on the podcast and how downbeat I sounded (laughs) talking on Monday evening um versus how I sound now um like that game just has completely changed anything we now have three games to hopefully enjoy we don't know who knows what's going to happen um but we need to discuss what we saw on Saturday, um, which was definitely one of the more enjoyable uh, performances in recent weeks. Um, Terry, at two o'clock, um, or I think actually more accurate, is more about quarter, quarter past two because I kind of lost track of time. Uh, we saw the teams. What were you thinking? Well, the, the,
0: the biggest talking point, obviously, is the key is the goalkeeper situation, and um, like all like all football fans, Swindon fans love a conspiracy theory, so. Um, it, it's absolutely impossible that Jojo Walcott's just got a little knock and is out for a week, and, and actually must mean that it must be in his off, and it must be in him and Bengan have had a huge Barney, um, which I can't imagine is true. Uh, but yeah, that that was the big talking point, wasn't it? And then and then no no goalkeeper on the bench either, which we which obviously learned later on post match that um, that was a discipline issue for Manny, Iden. So yeah, I mean, beyond that, it was pretty much as expected. I think the the only sort of question mark was whether McCurdy was going to get a start, and, and and he did, and thank God he did because he was outstanding. And yeah, I mean, we're so we're sort of so tight on resource at the moment that the the, the rest of the team pretty much picks itself. Really, at this point, doesn't it? I think the only the only one it really boiled down to was whether uh, whether Gladwin comes in and and, and starts. Um, and whether Odomayo fills in at fullback, um, but, but ultimately, like I said, it's it's only shuffling thirteen or fourteen players into the eleven at the moment, isn't it?
2: Yeah, you're right. But I think there were there were crucial decisions for Bengana to make uh, in that selection because so I think there are a number of areas that just because of who became available and who's become unavailable in the last couple of weeks, um, I mean, we made four changes, which was was more than I expected and i I kind of wonder how much of that is just forced by the fact that um Tomlinson was was out McCurdy was back in and then how you shuffle the pack around that um or how much of that is actually the the fact that Ben Garner has been talking about how happy he was with the performance on Monday in the press, whether that's actually true because I feel like i mean okay if you if you accept that one of those changes um was, was well a couple of the changes were injury um related um there are still a couple of changes that that seem to be sort of more about performance if that makes sense um but it was a shuffling of the pack that i think actually did quite well because pretty much every player that came in had a good game
0: yeah absolutely and um i guess the the, the two top lines there you know both scorers were, were were two of the four changes right so um and, and matthew bodry is having a little bit of a a little bit of an Indian summer, um, and I don't think any of us saw this saw this really happening. I'm not a huge, huge Baudry fan, not as an individual or as a defender, but just in in terms of of, of the way that he hinders our plan sometimes. But you've got to hand it to him; yesterday he was absolutely outstanding. So, yeah, all, all in all, all the big calls went right. Um Wardy had a good game in goal, made a couple of couple of good saves, and didn't really run into any issues with his distribution, which has let him down before. So yeah all in all you can't really you can't really grumble certainly certainly not retro- retrospectively can you
2: Definitely definitely not um I mean it's a bit of a weird one because I feel like the game took a, a while to catch well, not catch fire that's probably the the wrong turn of phrase but it kind of took a little while to come to life I thought it was quite a slow start from from both teams I guess you can kind of see why in terms of harleypool not really having anything to play for so they can just afford to i guess feel their way through a game and maybe take a chance when when they present themselves um but really first 10 15 20 minutes just went by very very quickly but you know not not because the the football was particularly exciting i think it just kind of
0: almost passed me by in a way similar to harrogate though right in terms of um you know we spoke post harrogate around this idea that that we almost sort of smoothly accelerate away from teams away from home. And actually the first 20 minutes is, is a lot about just finding our way into the game. Um, and then we just seem to we just seem to go through the gears quite nicely. That 20, 25, 30 minute mark, Nick the goal, should have had a second. And then obviously we it, it was it was exactly the same as Harrogate. You nick you nick a you nick a second right at the start of the second half and, and, and you're pretty much home and dry. So it does seem to be certainly on a sample size of two, the last two away games, is that this sort of slow, comfortable 15-20 minute opening period that we then that we then move through the gears once we've got a bit of control in the game. And you you're right, Hartlepool. I mean, we couldn't have asked for two sort of more comfortable hosts really could win Hartlepool and Harrogate the last couple of weeks. But you still got to beat them, right? And 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 there are there are teams that we're up against in that battle for seventh who aren't winning their games against these sides. So all you can do, all we can do, is 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 keep going, and we've, we've still got a chance. If we've still got a chance next week, and we've still got a chance the week after, then we're doing the right things.
2: Yeah, uh, and I mean, I guess obviously we've seen a beached team in inverted commas on Monday give us quite a good uh, battle. So it, it's not ever as easy as you know, they don't have anything to play for. So therefore it's it's going to be an easy game. And I, I feel like, like like you say, because we build through into the game slowly, we kind of suss out where the ball needs to go. Um, and there were a couple of times in the middle of that first half where we were starting to find little bits of space, little pockets of space down that right-hand side, uh, which perfectly telecasted how the goal came about. Um, obviously just really good build-up play. Um, and then another assist um, for Mandela Egbo um, and, I mean, I think, honestly, that man, Harry McCurdy, in the middle, just proving that he is just the missing element when he's not in the team because it's a good ball, it's good build-up play, but without an absolutely brilliant finish, that's not probably going to be counted as, like, a, an amazing chance. But he turns, like, a, a decent ball and a decent half chance into a very good goal with with what is quickly becoming, like, just... The level of finishing that you're just really confident that he'll turn a
0: small chance into a goal every time. It's not even a half chance, is it? This one. I mean, I've watched it back. I watched it back quite a few times. I mean, I think we missed the goal, didn't we? Um, <laughs> but I've watched it. I've watched it back a couple of times. I still don't really understand. I don't know if the camera work sort of loses it a little bit. I still don't really understand what he's done. But it's it's just a classic McCurdy one touch finish, and it, it from a not even a half chance, right? If McCurdy's not on that pitch. We probably try and score a different type of goal there, and, and, and uh, Eric Boat picks at a different type of pass. But nobody else in our squad can can finish that. No, no, nobody else in our squad can take that chance. And that's why he's so important for us. And um, he, he he is he is really, especially the last sort of eight to ten weeks, has really really impressed me. I I, I sort of enjoyed watching him first half of the season. But found him also extraordinarily frustrating and, and you know we've had some good debates in terms of is this just a is this just a one season wonder flash in the pan or actually is he starting to show his true true level and true ability and look neither, neither of us know the right answer to that but the more you watch him the more you sort of try and the more you, you sort of understand that he does just have raw natural finishing ability um, and that's not going to go anywhere, right? So as so long as we still, as so long as we keep getting the best out of him, and so long as Ben Garner continues to do an absolutely fantastic job at managing his his personality, then then there's no reason why this can't continue for as long as he's with us. And I think right now we certainly all hope that's that's at least the next season and, and beyond.
2: Absolutely. I mean, the the first goal is a great finish, I and mean, the second goal is deceptively good as well in terms of it, it in real time it looked quite simple but just like getting the angle on that right and the the weighting on it um in quite a crowded area i think again you, you're just seeing probably a player that if you were talking on finishing alone could definitely play several levels higher um maybe maybe he will play several levels level levels higher uh, in the coming years, we don't know, but I mean, like some of that finishing, like really, wouldn't be out of place um in like some of the big games you see on TV each weekend. um I, I thought that that second goal was a really smart finish.
0: Absolutely, but you can't talk about that second goal without talking about Jack Payne's assist, which has probably got to be assist of the season, right? That little sort of nick, half nick round the corner, nutmeg, sprints onto it, one touch, great ball across the front, and 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 you're right, Harry McCurdy's tucked it away. It, he's made it look so simple, right? Like, it, it looks so comfortable for him. Um, but lots of players would have missed that. But yeah, fantastic assist from Jack Payne again. And, and Payne, particularly second half, was was absolutely outstanding. And, and, and just, when he's at it, it's, it's just a privilege to watch at this level, particularly away from home when, when we seem to, when he seems to have a bit more space. Um, I think at home, sometimes he can be a little bit guilty. A lot of our players can be a little bit guilty of, Trying to force things too much and, and and really struggle with having eight, nine opposing players in front of them, away from home on the half term, really intricate football between between the three centre midfielders. Um, Jack Payne's absolutely lethal when he showed it. He showed it massively yesterday and actually absolutely fantastic assist. And yeah, McCurdy just tucks it away, makes it look so easy.
2: Yeah. Um. I, 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 to be honest, like right, minutes later, he could have had a hat trick. I mean, I, I definitely thought he was going to come off as soon as that second one went in because you just think that the game's done. There's no need to kind of stretch him any further than is needed. But um I believe from his post-match, he, he asked for a couple of minutes just to see if he could get the hat-trick and uh, very, very, very nearly, nearly there. And um that was possibly the easiest chance of the three.
0: Um, just didn't quite get there. Didn't quite get the match ball. Well, the problem with that sort of stuff is that he had time to think, didn't he? And, and, and actually... Harold seems to be at his most powerful when he doesn't have time to think, and he's and he's almost operating on instinct. Um, Putting him through one on one like that, his finishing sort of dries up a little bit, and, and and who knows why? I'm sure I'm sure we don't. He doesn't need us to tell him um, that that that's the sort of finishing he needs to work on. But yeah, on another, on another day, he rolls that in, he gets his, he gets his hat-trick. But I'm, I'm sure he'd have taken a brace on his first day back. And um, most importantly, we whipped him off for half an hour ago and, and we can get him fresh and ready again for, for Tuesday night, hopefully.
2: Yeah, and that's, what, 20 for the season already? So um, who knows where he'll end up um, if he has a few more performances like that. Um, probably the best thing about being 2-0 up on 50, 55 minutes was the fact that we could rest him for the rest of the game rather than trying to push him to the limit. Uh, And uh, obviously, I think Egbo went down uh, with a tight um, leg at some point as well. And just the fact that they didn't have to sort of push him any further after what has probably been in the last week quite a busy uh, time for him after like, you know, minutes here and there since November. And then, um, yeah, I obviously hadn't, hadn't started many games since November, that is. Um, and then immediately three starts in a row. So the fact that he was able to come off with of the game like essentially won um, probably probably stands us some really good stead ahead of Tuesday as well.
0: Yeah, hopefully I think we we know Egbo is what should we say being managed at the moment in, ter- in terms of load. Um, we know a lot of our players are. You know you have to remember we're we're f- probably four players short of where we should be in terms of in terms of actually having a. A squad capable of challenging at the top end of this league, and when you look at the, our our back players, they're not really they're not really at the level where we want want them to be. They they have potential. They are young players who who hopefully will go on and do great for us. But we're three or four players short, and that means the thirteen or fourteen boys we've got in there playing the majority of the minutes. It's been a very long season, and it's also important to remember that half of these boys didn't have a proper pre-season either because our summer was so so toxic and chaotic. So. It's really really not surprising that we're struggling with load in, in the final weeks of the season um it's not surprising at all we've just we've just gotta just gotta keep going and 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 try and try and get them try and get them rest wherever we can and, and and Nick 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 minutes here and there off off players when games when games are done um but ultimately right that's that's two wins out of the last three I think on the way up to Harrogate we said we said if someone offered you four wins and a draw from your last six, you'd probably take it. Um, we're halfway there now, and 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 we we're still right within a chance. And just it just Tuesday night now becomes massive. Yeah,
2: I mean the the game then began to slow down after after the sort of subs began to be made, and you know it makes sense if if you can kill the game off quite early and slow things down, then uh, definitely do that. I don't think Hartlepool in the second half offered a huge amount going forward either. Um, and it really, it became kind of just the thing of, you know, maybe we'll score a third here, uh, and score a third we did um, eventually. I think we, we had we had a few sort of half chances with Parsons getting in um, and not just quite having the finishing touch, um, but, you know, from a set piece, um, you, you, uh, I don't, know, don't quite know how Baudry got where he is, but he really wanted that, didn't he?
0: He, he did, didn't he? Bless him, and, and and he he looked like he enjoyed every second of it, and he deserves it, doesn't he? After a after a good couple of weeks, like I said, a, an Indian summer for him at, at at town. I don't think any of us saw it coming. So yeah, fair play to him. It's all, as you said, the game was the game was well and truly long dead before then. And um, Hartlepool, Hartlepool, checked out that game after our second goal, and so did we. In so much that we could we could very easily manage it out and rest players. So. Yeah, I think Audrey was the only one was the only one showing any sort of real desire, and 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 ultimately that that he was rewarded with a with a very easy tap in. And what I, what I loved was just just everybody else in black was delighted to see that for him, right? Like, um, he's obviously a very very important character in the dressing room, and all all of the all of the players were very very uh, pleased to, to 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 see him nick a goal and that that goal might might mean nothing to our season, but it's sure as hell meant a lot to him. So, good on him.
2: Yeah, I think, the, obviously, the thing I enjoyed, perhaps to the top level about that, uh, was the, the, the Harry McCurdy-style uh, Boan celebra- celebration. Um, just really enjoyable to see a centre-half <laughs> pulling out that kind of celebration. Um uh, at some point, as well. I mean, a, um, center
0: half pulling out any coordinated celebration is outstanding. Right? I think, <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Also, in terms of like really weird football things that happen, I think center halfs pulling out coordinated celebrations and goalkeepers celebrating wildly when they are in goal and someone misses a penalty, i.e., misses the title. <laughs> I think two of my favorite things just. <laughs> Why are you taking credit for someone missing the target? But yeah, I, I just love the fact that Matteo Bodri thought about his goal scoring celebration before yesterday.
2: Yeah, how how long has he had that planned and in the tank, locked and loaded? Yeah, apparently um, it was
0: a dedication to his son. I think his son had um had had asked him to do it. So um, again, I think we all know that we all know that Frenchy is a, a top top bloke for anyone who's ever had the pleasure of spending a couple of minutes with him um clearly a very very important player in the in the dressing room and yeah like I said that that goal may not mean anything to anybody else but it certainly meant a hell of a lot to him and his family
2: yeah and I think the thing I like also in the the images of it is uh like how much Dion Conroy enjoyed that as well yeah, exactly uh he has like in recent weeks he has uh pulled some brilliant faces during celebrations <laughs> and I feel like that should not be forgotten um so yeah um a very good moment to end the game. Not much happened after that. It, it was a late, late third goal. I think eighty six, eighty seven minutes um, on the clock when that happened. All in all, three points you couldn't really be travelling up to the northeast and asking for much more, really, can, could you, Terry?
0: No, I think the only thing that would have that would have made the day better was maybe another five degrees on the thermometer. Um, <laughs> it, for anybody watching on uh, TV in their French villas, it may have, it may have looked lovely and warm, but I can assure you, the sun was shining and it was about seven degrees. So. <laughs> lots of inappropriately <laughs> dressed town fans in the away end getting caught out by by the uh, by the breeze whipping off the north off the north sea but no you're dead right i think um it's really it's just it's almost like you, we get complacent with how good we are at, home, at away and we get and we almost get accepting of how bad we are at home it's just such a weird such a weird season if you you know if you if you just look at how it's played out on the pitch it's so hard to get your head around tactically and it is frustrating, but I would just keep coming back to, I, I genuinely don't think it's anyone's fault with the club. I don't think, I don't, you know, the fact that we've tailed off a bit. I think the players that are with the club have, have all to a man pretty much been fantastic. I think Ben Garner's been fantastic. It literally just comes down in my book to, we are three or four players short of having a squad that competes at the top of this league. And the fact that we're even in a sniff of the playoffs um, without trying to be a drum banging, we've got our club back, everything. No, no one should question anything. It's just it just simply goes down to our squad isn't deep enough and three or four players in January and we'd have been we'd have been more than there. We'd have been absolutely fine. But you've got to play the hand you are dealt and, and and we've just got to keep pushing the last three games.
2: Yeah, and the hand
0: that we were dealt, just to labour the point slightly more,
2: uh, is like essentially the same kind of hand that Oldham were dealt and they were sort of obviously relegated when not sort of relegated they they were definitely relegated Depends uh, on Saturday you asked
0: Sheridan or, or not if they're relegated because
2: <laughs> I'm not I think yeah <laughs> cool. um, but I, I, I mean I mean obviously in terms of ownership this season it's different but just in terms of like what we were able to do off the pitch um the fact that we're up there is absolutely outstanding and I feel like if we come on to Harry McCurdy's post-match interview I think if you listen to the podcast over the last few years, um, we have traditionally, I think, Terry, received um, playing staff and management staff having a little bit of a pop at the home fans. Um, like We've received it fairly well, I would say, um, you know, not, not because we want people to be calling people out and all of that kind of stuff. But I think sometimes when you have a, an intervention that's timely, it can have a really, really positive effect on just making people a little bit more positive. Um, in in those crucial um minutes and tuesday night against forest green is going to be absolutely crucial to get all of the ground on side and uh hopefully channel a little bit of a little bit of our away good vibes um on the county ground pitch uh, what what did you think of um harry mccurdy's interview after the game
0: i think i think first and foremost right i don't i don't think i don't think harry is a sort of calculated sort of guy right he's not come out and gone oh, well, what we really need is to do is this and this and this. I just think he's just talks from the heart. And we all know he's a huge football fan. He, he follows his own team in the same way that we follow ours. And he gets it, right? He gets it from a fan's point of view. And can anyone really argue with what he's saying? I mean, I I, I have seen a little bit of discourse um, online around, well, actually, it's the player's responsibility to entertain the fans before you, before we get behind the players. And that's just such a weird sort of privileged... Um, like it's almost like a spoiled child. It's like if you're if you a supporter of this club and you're a fan of this club, like just go and be positive from the minute for, from word go, from the word go and just stick with the players. And look, what I really hope I, this won't happen because we know what our club is like in in, in terms of in terms of media output and, and marketing. But what I really hope is that is that the players should really be doubling down on that and and, and everybody. You know, in the pre-match press conference tomorrow, let's let's have a player as well as Bengano. Let's have Dion Conroy coming out as captain and issuing that rallying call. Let's let's just keep building on it and keep doubling down on it because it is important, and and the fans do have a role to play. Anybody that travels away from home with this club this year knows that our away support is absolutely outstanding. You know, it, certainly certainly the top two or three in this division, without without doubt. And yet at home it just doesn't work. It just doesn't happen yet. And we know it can do. Under Richard Wellins, it was often good. Um, and I just I just find this this position where I don't like the style of football, I don't like us passing the ball, so therefore I'm not gonna support, I'm just gonna moan and boo. It's just really bizarre. Like, just just go and have a good time on Tuesday, get behind the players and 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 right, what have you got to lose? Like, why would you go and be negative? What have you got to lose? Yeah. I mean, if if
2: we're hopefully in in, all in good spirits, get noisy behind the team, then hopefully that kind of replicates itself on the pitch with, with a good performance. And, you know, the only thing we have to lose at this point is the faint hopes of the playoffs. Um, But it'd be better to kind of, I guess, give everything to get to the playoffs and and see where we can go from there. But as fans, Um, what have we got
0: to lose is, is my point. Like, like, like if you're, tossing a coin as to whether to go Tuesday or not or whether to go and be positive or whether whether to go and moan that we passed the ball. Like, what have you got to lose by just going and having fun and enjoying yourself and, and getting behind the team? Like, like, you can't lose if you just do that. So, so look, people, people aren't interested in a running call from me and that would be very, <laughs> very, very peculiar of me to think anything else. I'd love this I'd love to see the club do more. I'd love to see the club do more tomorrow. I'd love to see the club do more Tuesday morning in the run up to the game. Like it's a massive, massive game. So let's let's let let's let's really go for it. And, and the club need to do that. I think it's not not the players. I'm not all about the players or the management staff. I'm about the marketing, the media team. Let's let, let let's hear from the players tomorrow. Let's hear from the players Tuesday morning. You know, and and, and let's you you never know the difference it can make. Yeah, and I mean, it's going to be such a big
2: week in terms of two home games um, uh, and on the beach Barrow um, following up on, on Saturday. We won't preview those games now um, to look ahead, but uh, honestly, six points from those two fixtures, I, I feel like that would be absolute dreamland going uh, into what will hopefully be a really, really, really memorable um, away day experience up at Walsall, um, if we do manage to kind of do the business up until then. So I uh, I'm sure that the players all have their eyes firmly on Tuesday, but I mean, if we if we kind of like take a step back and look where where we might be, we could be a, could be a he- ahead of um, a very few a few a few very fun weeks. Um, so, fingers crossed for that. Um, yeah, and uh, honestly, it's just it's nice to hear a player come out and say something just very honest and from the hip, um, because I mean, I feel I feel like you know there there are certain times where you do want to hear from players and certain times where um there's not a lot to say but definitely after a win like that just kind of trying to ride the sort of waves of vibes uh is is probably a really really clever thing to do even if you haven't pre-planned it so oh i'm really excited for this week terry um before we go i guess and uh let everyone listen to the presser which will no doubt be following up on this hot on the heels um we have to discuss man of the matches uh, with the listeners, it was uh, very, very close between Matthew Baudry and Harry McCurdy. And I think Baudry just about edged it, so um, he's the listeners' man of the match. Oh, no surprise um, there,
0: that's four and five starts. Really? Wow,
2: that's, yeah, the spreadsheet does not lie. Um, <laughs> does not lie. Do you agree, or have you got anyone else to... To mention,
0: but do you know what? Really bizarrely, it was in my book Bodry's best performance of the season. So I'm, I, I don't have an issue for once with with um with him getting the with with him winning the sort of general consensus. So I think, I, th- I think for me, if you look at impact on the game, I think it's got to be Harold. I think jo- Johnny Williams had had a really really good game, his best game for a long time. Um Louis Reed was was uh, and Jack Payne, I mean I can't get bored of saying it right. They're they're two outstanding midfielders at this level and were probably the best two players on the pitch. Um Bodry was good, Conroy was absolutely faultless. They, everybody, everybody had a good game, but ultimately in a sea of in a sea of seven and eight out of tens, McCurdy nicks it with an eight and a half just because he's made such a big big difference with those two goals for me.
2: Yeah, I agree. I, I always kind of look at the story of the game, uh, and I think the story of the game if we take it in the context of the last few weeks is um, another like fairly good performance, um, especially away from home. Uh, but just with that killer instinct, and it just makes me think like what would have happened if he'd been free for Rochdale, for example, because it really would have been a different kind of April um, had he been here all along, uh, but we will never know. Uh, however, we can be glad that we did at least have um, those two goals um, up in Hartlepool on Saturday. Um is there anything left to really discuss? I, I feel like we've we've covered at least all of the Harry McCurdy talking points I, I mentioned in the intro. So with uh, a game coming so thick and fast um, on on Tuesday, I, f- I feel like we
0: we've covered all of the talking points we possibly could have done, Terry. Short, sharp, concise. And the presser will be will, will be along soon, so we roll. Short, sharp, and concise.
2: Of what's got into us? <laughs> 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 it's not the Ellis Pod way, but. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Terry, for joining me. Nice one. Take care. Good run by him. And
1: the Love Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. <laughs>